What's up guys, it's Mitch from respectmyregion.com back again out here on the East Coast. Today I have Ryan Crandall, Chief Revenue Officer of MeriMed and co-founder of Betty's Eddie's. How are you doing today, man? Excellent, Mitch, how are you? I'm doing great, man, enjoying, you know, I brought a little bit of home with me today, but apparently, <laughs> according to you guys, this has been a, you know, quite the rainy summer. So yeah. I'm feeling at home, I guess you could say. You know, I got cannabis, you know, on one side of me, rain on the other side of me, I definitely feel at home. Yep. Um, man, so I know we were talking a little bit off mic earlier uh, about your history, you know, long, long history within cannabis. Um, could you give me a little bit of your backstory as it pertains around the plant? Sure, man. Um, you know, I think the plant, I think everybody has their own story. Um, my story, you know, started really around college with just experimentation with the plant. And I started to realize that academically it was helpful to my studies. Um, and I can go into more detail if you're interested, but you know, it definitely helped me through college. And then I, I found that after college, um, you know, with the industry, you know, starting to become legalized in California, I started to think about, think of it from a business perspective as well. Um, and, you know, formed a group with some, uh, business partners, uh, formed a not-for-profit in Massachusetts and, you know, around 2010, 2011, uh, you know, applied for licensing in Massachusetts. Ultimately, we were unsuccessful, but that was how we got in, uh, yeah. how we got very interested in kind of looking at regulation and becoming experts in the industry. Uh, out of that was born an edibles company. Um, you know, the business plan around the edibles uh, manufacturing that we had in the not-for-profit business, uh, we took that and, and applied it to a cannabis edible brand uh, and started to develop that in 2014. Uh, you know, worked through trademarks, copyrights, really kind of interesting you know, kind of bleeding edge stuff in cannabis. Uh, we were some of the first people to do some of that. Um, and ultimately, you know, I sold Betty's Eddie's to Marimed in 2017 and then came on to run product and sales in 2018. That's awesome. It's a great story if you're able to sell to a company and then come on. You know, it usually says good things about the company if they're able to retain someone like that. We had a long history with the guys who became Marimed. Uh, they were consultant. you know, Marimed started as a consulting company. Uh, you know, providing consultation to people trying to gain licensure, um, you know, small guys and big guys. So, you know, they had a lot of experience. I, you know, they were, I was one of their clients. Mm. Um, so, you know, I had a relationship for years with them, had a trust and um, knew that together we could bring Betty's further than I could alone. Awesome, awesome. That's yeah. That's, yeah, that's how anything. You know, we, I come from the music world, right? An artist builds up independently, and then usually at some point or another, signs to a label for greater distribution and yeah. and help and bring their career to the next level. That's awesome. And so, why, why edibles? What what's the focus on that product category for you specifically? Yeah, it's interesting, right? So, I mean, I do love cannabis flower. I do. You know, I, I can't concentrates. I think have their place in my life and in others' lives. I. You know, that being said, I've always been chasing, personally, I've always been chasing an edible that has the same velocity of effect as inhalation. And I, you know, I still think that there's upside in terms of edibles kind of across the board to do things faster and, and, and have the effects more pronounced. Um, so, you know, truthfully, one of the biggest things I was trying to solve for in my own life was inhaling less mm. and, and still getting the benefits of cannabis. So I felt like the best way to do that was to go down an edibles path and then to really laser focus on, you know, not just delicious edibles, but very effective edibles. 
uh, and making sure that you know the doses actually hit people and did what they said they were going to do. Right, because that's you know a lot of people have that negative experience with edible. You know, pre pre legalization, right? Like edibles were very much. Uh, uh, a crapshoot when you grabbed a square of a brownie how much was in it yes. you know was this much have as much as the other side of the pan is this as much of the other batch you yes. know there were there was no consistency you know there was no measurements like there was no you know we, we measured dosing by how much of an edible we took right but, you know one cookie two cookies but it was really uh not there and so that's been a you know moving to, to recreational cannabis adult use cannabis and even medical cannabis has helped bring that dosing and give more you know science behind that um, what do you feel like is the importance of measuring that and, and making sure consumers know exactly they're getting exactly what what or they're expecting i think it's it's like topmost importance truthfully uh, efficacy of the oil that you're using uh, making sure that the oil is tested then we're making infusions with other oils we get those triplicate tested and then we're, we're making sure that our processes lead to homogenous products, right? So if we're using the highest quality inputs and we're making sure our processes result in homogenous products, we feel very strongly that we can deliver on consistent dosing. You know, truthfully, when I get into this, you know, one of the major things to me was dose. I, you know, I saw two things. I saw that products didn't taste good and the doses were unreliable. So those became the two tenets of everything that we did. It was, we need to create delicious products that always deliver that, and we need to create a dosing mechanism that is incredibly reliable and consistent. And so we still, not just Betty's, I mean, everything we create, we, we really do look through the lens of consistency, quality, and, um, and really having the best brands in their categories that perform. Awesome. And speaking of taste, you know, something we also spoke about earlier when we first met, um, a lot of edibles on this market are not really built for texture or for taste. They're built strictly for functionality, yep. which as we discussed, that's not, it's not a great consumer experience. You know, then you're just eating something just for the effects, which is, you know, I mean, and I get certain people buy like maybe a malt liquor that are in a, a certain demographic, but it's, you know, if someone had money, right, price wasn't considered, you likely wouldn't reach for a malt liquor simply for the functionality of delivering a higher alcohol percentage at a, yep. a, a, a you know. Um, so when it comes to edibles, that's absolutely such an important thing for people to identify with brands and products. And, and you know, common what I describe is like when someone's like, well, how's that edible? I'd be like, I would eat that even if that wasn't an edible. And I can't say that about very many things. It's a great bar. Yeah, it's so a great how, how do you feel about that kind of statement, and and what's what's the you know your approach to edibles from that? You just stole our secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> no, truthfully, I mean we we set a bar for you know we we trial a lot of stuff non infused, and you know we often say that you know the grocery store is one thing, you know uh, they've got to be mass produced you know products, they've got to be delicious to have shelf space shelf space, but I think a lot of craft stuff tastes better than what's in the grocery store. Sure, I think we've got to be better than the craft people and able to produce like the big guys. So, you know, being laser focused on how things taste when they're not infused, how things taste when they are infused, and making sure that that is, the, in my mind, the biggest priority next sure. to consistency. Sure, sure, and then and kind of with that being said, you know, what, what are, what was some of the, you know, not necessarily challenges, but obstacles of moving from what you were doing earlier to moving into a higher scale, has it been, 
pretty much running the same equipment at a higher higher volume and velocity, or has it been upgrading to new equipment and then making sure that the recipe is dialed in kind of with that, that growth of, of the infrastructure? Great question. I mean, I think every product has its own trajectory and every, every product has its own change path. Uh, I would say everything that we've done, we continue to innovate and continue to think about things differently. I mean, Betty's Eddie's uh, has, has significantly changed since we started. The roots are the same. Uh, but we've can you know we we've get incredible positive feedback from our consumers, but there are things we can improve on, and we know it. So you know I've got my folks very much focused on improving the things that we can do better in Betty's, in Nature's Heritage, in K Fusion, in our new drink mix brand that we're about to launch, Vibations. So uh, you know we are always consistently improving our recipes and our formulas, and then also talking about, you know, we often talk about crawl, walk, run, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and so figuring out, you know, what, a, what an opening for a product looks like, what a launch looks like in a market, how to scale up, and then, you know, really how to scale out, and having a, having a plan for single state, small, dish, small manufacturing, medium state manufacturing, large state manufacturing, potentially at some point federal legalization. Right. Having all of those pieces thought through for every product that you make, you know, and having those scale options is incredibly important in this industry because you don't know if your next state's gonna be a Michigan, a Michigan with adult use or, you know, uh, Rhode Island with a medical, a limited medical market. So you're really having the right size equipment, the right size capital investment behind each one of these brands is really, really important and uh, something that you know I've certainly learned uh, along the way. Yeah, and that's you know the the word you know I don't know if you used the exact word, but what you're describing right is your SOPs, and that's something you know Tim from you know more responsible with the Nature's Heritage was talking about too. And I think that's really important to think you know at this day and age with cannabis legalization moving so quickly. You know, three four years ago when I was visiting facilities, everyone was so focused on dialing it in for their state, which is a very closed focus vision because like what you said is multiple size states multiple structure regular regulatory structures of states yeah. and then also the envision of being in multiple states you know distributing from one facility to multiple states because that's inevitably where we're headed to go yes yeah. uh, we would hope so and we yeah. don't even know that for right. a fact right but and you're entirely right and you know the, some of the challenge and and all the big guys big guys medium guys that we all deal with it is you know you have a package that you decide is is a perfect package for our consumers to describe a product and and present it in a safe way and you know every different state market has a different view of what safe is right. and a different view of what regulation is so that same product will have seven different variations across states 10 different variations across states um, because of necessity today so you know i think regulations getting more in alignment across states federal legalization hopefully making some of that happen is going to lead to more efficiency for cannabis companies uh, and right now it definitely is uh, a you know that that is part of the challenge and opportunity of getting to new states absolutely and so and speaking of, of, of separate states if you you know if you, you don't want to share you don't have to share but you know I believe you guys produce a lot of the raw materials dry materials in-house and then do infusions in separate states am I correct so that's yeah so we actually do have a process internally where we uh where we manufacture so it's a, it's a two-tier thing right so we really it enables us to centrally manufacture some of the core ingredients for multiple products that we have it also enables us to use partnerships in places where we don't have to expose our entire recipe mm. 
right? Mm -hmm. So it's um, it's a little bit of a Kentucky Fried Chicken secret recipe model, <laughs> as well as you know being able to control our core ingredients for our core products in a central place. Have QAQC happen here on bulk, and then we and then we package down and send out to our facilities. It's been really really good and really manageable and you know we started that with Betty's but we've certainly expanded that way of thinking around our process uh, to all of our brands yeah, and that's what someone had said in there that they you know they, they want Betty's as much of Betty's to be made where they can physically look at it every day you know <laughs> to really have that quality control over it so yes. I think that's an important thing to note um, what are some of your favorite product categories within Betty's Eddie's or, or any of the other edible lines you have what are some of your standout products for you yeah I mean look I, I think um Betty's is a fan favorite for me. I mean, nature's uh, infused pre-rolls. We just came out with these infused pre-rolls that are to die for. Uh, we're using solventless bubble hash, you know, high quality flour. Um, they're still hand stuffing them. Um, really, really high quality product. That's been my go-to lately. You know, I, I, uh, I'm not a big chocolate guy or other people's gummies guys. I think there are some companies making some craft product out there around gummies that are really starting to stand up in flavor. Um, but I, you know, if I'm going to go on edible, I, I either go, uh, I typically go Betty's mm -hmm. and I'll typically take, uh, you know, a higher dose and split it, okay. um, and, and save some for later. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's a funny one, you know, back in the day when we were still in the infancy of Betty's, uh, with the fruit shoes, you know, we worked on ice cream. Oh, wow. And, uh, and you know, we had some really cool, awesome recipes of ice cream. I shared them with a lot of friends and family. It was a hit. I mean, it was really a hit. And, and now we've got this exciting partnership with Emac and Bolio's, which locally is an iconic ice cream mm. brand. You know, Boston, New York City, they're out in Vegas now. They're in Asia. They've got over 60 stores. And their ice cream is incredibly craft. So I've been working with them for months. You know, we've got some really exciting ice cream products that are going to be coming out. So... You know, I, I think uh, ice cream on apple pie or ice mm. cream and Netflix, like, I mean, that's something that people are going to fall in love with. Right. Uh, and the product is very, very consistent, very homogenous. And the, the way the infusion works, it really does hit you, mm. the number of milligrams that are in there. Really enjoyable. So I'm excited about ice cream. I've been using ice cream a good amount. <laughs> I've been using Betty's, uh, the infused pre-rolls. And truthfully, you know, I've, I've been starting to dabble into concentrates a little bit. So our live rosin has been pulling me in a good amount. Um, what's exciting in the market? I think there's, you know, you were mentioning it before. You like to smoke blunts. Yeah. You know, I don't see really great blunts in the market. Sure. I think there is a demand and a need for, you know, a hand-rolled craft blunt. It's yeah. not a hundred dollars. Right. 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 So we got to, you know, I think we got to work together to figure out some <laughs> brands out there that can make a, a blunt that it, that's you know, widely accepted by true blunt smokers. Right, right. Because um, I don't think there is one owned in that space for such a huge consumer opportunity. No. I do love a good blunt, um, as I'm sure you do too. Yeah, yeah, they, they definitely, you know, like Packwood's out of California, and I know they just, they're just launching in Washington like next week, I think. Um, they, they do a pretty good one do with they? the glass tip, but it, yeah. is, it is a little bit, you know, it's like, I think it's like, because it's infused, it's like $50, you yeah, know, it's whereas expensive. opposed to... You know, a blunt. I, you know, I put twenty, thirty dollars of weed in that, right? So I, that's <laughs> right. that's my relationship. That's my I'll, I'll pay fifty for something nice, but if I'm multiple times every day, I'm you're going to be know, that trying repeat. to smoke one hundred fifty dollars in blunts in a day. You know, that's it. You know, I mean, you go to a concert and you're down like a lot of money, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and and you're passing it around. So, you know, I think I think a cost-effective, high-quality blunt is something that I would love to see that I don't see out there. Um, and I'm excited about ready to drink, man. Like social consumption is right in front of us in a lot of yeah. places. 
And I think that ready to drink, you know, fast acting option, low dose of being able to consume a lot like a Bud Light, I think is, uh, you know, what Can's doing is cool. Yeah. I think Levia, you saw what they just happened yeah. with them, with AYR. So I think the beverage game is coming quick, and I think uh, I'm very excited about that yeah. too. Yeah, and you guys have it right. You know, the East Coast still has so many states to go legal that'll then impact the other ones. Whereas, you know, the West Coast, we're already, yeah. everyone's kind of set in their ways, at least for the next <clears> five <throat> years. And, you know, we didn't get social consumption in Washington. They're still somehow trying to figure it out in California. It blows my mind that, and Vegas. that it's not there. Vegas is still, you know, I'm surprised it's taken as long as it has. Me too. But, you know, for you guys out here, I just met some folks from NYC when I was in California, and it's going to be a huge thing, like it, the, the club scene or people are dying for whatever. it. Yeah. People are dying for it, and I can just see the way you know, just having people over to the house and having you know, you know, some spindrift alcohol in right. there, and some and and you know, some Trulies, and then side by side with a Levia or you know, another seltzer brand, a cannabis brand, and you know, people come over the house. How awesome is it to give them an option? Yeah. Right. And and it's amazing the people the the number of people that are choosing the cannabis beverage. Yeah. And the, and these beverages look just like you know you can put them in the same ice chest. That's right. They, they you know there's no significant standout in terms of what someone would trust this being a quality product. Right? right. Right. There's a big thing on that. So one other thing I have to ask about is one of these machines you guys have in there is from what, 1950 or yeah, something. Yeah. Probably probably like 1935. I think that. And one. so it's still being used to package the taffy. Correct? Yes. Cut and wrap it. And yes. wrap it. Yeah, I saw it. it. Cuts it and wraps it yes. all in one. And yes. that thing has been doing that to taffy for for half a, a long time. That specific machine. There's a funny story around it. Old Orchard Beach in Maine is like this old, sleepy, historic town on the water in Maine. It's beautiful. A beautiful little Main Street. Uh, there's a candy shop on Main Street that's probably been there a hundred years. And this taffy machine was in that candy shop for over 50 years in the front window making taffy. Wow. Um, so they hadn't made taffy in three years. They were closing down the shop. I think COVID really hit them hard. Uh, but we went up there and, and took the machine off his hands and told him that it's going to be in great hands making candy <laughs> for years to come. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, we, we've got, there's a lot of history behind these machines. There's a lot of knowledge and know-how that goes into operating them properly. Um, and uh, yeah, we've become experts at that Model K machine out of West Springfield, Massachusetts. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. I, I love to hear it. So, uh, Ryan Crandall, Chief Revenue Officer, Mary Med, co-founder of Betty Eddie's. Do you have anything else you'd like to plug? No. Anything else you want to know? That's no. It. Excellent, man. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. Thank you. Cheers.